let's get ready for some serious shift. This is a podcast, Shifting Inside Out, hosted by your quantum shifter, Angie McCourt. We are diving into ways to empower and enable a quantum shift. Inspiring topics, hacks, and guest speakers take us on a journey around authenticity, challenging status quo, personal power, and living a purpose-filled life. episode, I talk with Melody Ukros about her journey. And it's really an interesting one because she's only 24 years old. So what she shares in this is amount of change and evolution and growth that even some 40 year olds haven't experienced yet. And so I wanted to dig in to find out a little bit more about how and why she is so the it factor is what I will call her. And it's really interesting because this goes back even into how she was raised and both of her parents and how they influenced not just her own self-discovery, which is a very important theme throughout this episode, but also how to be action-oriented and holding yourself accountable. And it's really interesting because I love the fact that What I've seen from Melody over the many years I've known her is she doesn't let anything hold her back. Even if her little saboteur inner critic starts to say anything, she knows what to do with it. She knows how to navigate around that and really also making adjustments to make sure she stays in line on the path that she wants to live. And it's really interesting because she talks a bit about identity as as well and how her identity as kind of school smart, um, ended up shifting and had to make a shift into an innovative leader. I love her energy. I love the results that she gets in the business world. And also, it's really interesting how she can take her entrepreneurial skills and really leverage them fully inside of a corporate environment. She'll talk a lot about how she does that. I think that's inspiring for many people who feel they have this sense of, um, you know, creativity and drive and motivation, but not feeling the flexibility in their current job and how they can actually possibly open up some of those avenues so they can establish and, and utilize those additional skills as well. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I love to hear your thoughts. As you listen, you can find me on LinkedIn at Angie Belts McCourt, on Instagram at Angie underscore McCourt, or on Twitter at McCourt Angie. So without further ado, let's hear from Melody. Melody, welcome to Shifting Inside Out. I am so happy to have you on this episode. To get started, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thank you, Angie, for having me. Um, Like you said, my name is Melody. I'm 24. I'm Puerto Rican and Colombian. I am an avid traveler. I've visited over 30 countries. um, And I am starting my own business uh, for now in April, right? So uh, and now I've been in tech data and technology, innovation, transformation for about five years. So awesome. excited to be here. <laughs> Very good. All right. So for the audience to get to know you a little bit better, why don't you go ahead and answer some quick round questions for us? So the first question is, what is your morning routine or ritual? 
So I think every morning, my, every morning for me is different. But one thing that I consistently do uh, is make my bed. Okay. I feel like that's just mm-hmm. that's the one thing I always do. It doesn't matter how much in a hurry I am. I always make my bed. I feel like it just sets the stage for the rest of my day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. How do you renew your energy? So I think that one of the things I have that I've developed and I've started to incorporate um, is I take a very long shower, but it's like a, it's like a facial and a you know hair mask. And I just kind of reset like a 30 minute thing where I'm just in by myself in the shower with music. And, you know, I, I leave that moment renewed. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yes. And that, and that is, it can be very ceremonial, you know, as you put stuff on your body, you know, just really like being there with that, not just, oh, this is a task and I just have to get this done and rushing through it. I love that. That's so awesome. Yeah, I feel, you feel clean. You feel like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to face the next new challenge. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, what is your guilty pleasure? This is very guilty pleasure. Um, I have to have something sweet after every meal. Like including breakfast, right? Like it's like I have to have something sweet. So I always have some low, like low calorie ice cream, coconut bars, chocolate, something that's low calorie, but I have to have something sweet after every single meal. Okay. So, that's that's awesome. pleasure. <laughs> Just fruit is fruit considered sweet as well? Does that yeah, for breakfast? For, for breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. 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 I usually oh, have like awesome. strawberries or something mm. like that. Mm. That sounds amazing. Yes. Okay. I love it. You know, some people just have literally a sweet tooth. Like it is this necessary piece that their body is requiring and just wants something, you know, and, and desires it. For me, yeah. it's salt. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I basically started doing that because when I switched my habits to starting to eat healthy and more vegetables, I used to be a very picky eater, but that mm-hmm. obviously didn't lead to much healthy, you know, life. So um, <laughs> I switched my habits and that was like my kind of my gift to myself, right? Yeah. I'm like, yes. okay, you just ate a huge salad or, you know, broccoli that you can have some the 50 calories of sweets, right? Ah, that's so, great. Yeah. And there are a lot of healthy sweets. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Melody, one of the most impressive things I have to say, um, that is I've experienced, I would say in the last 10 years was actually meeting you and getting to know <laughs> you. And I want to say it was around 2015 when we kicked off Exploratory Lab Bootcamp, you were in the initial um, uh, pilot, I think is what we, Pat and I were calling it at the time, pilot program. And you came in and it was like, who is this person? <laughs> you have um, such a light about you and just such an energy and drive. And, you know, as, as Pat and I got to know you, it was so amazing because not only were you only 16 years old, you were a junior at USFSP in the entrepreneurship program in business. And also, I think at that time, you were um, traveling to Miami on the weekends and you were in like a chief marketing officer role for a startup company, 16 years old. Yeah. And let's see what else. Oh, I remember you were one of the, I think, top few finalists in the Southeast for an app that you had um, pitched, you know, for a design. And I just was not only impressed by all of those things that you had already accomplished and where you were in your stage and age, but with your maturity, with your connection to others, with your commitment <clears throat> to 
um, learning to, you know, really just embracing everything that was put in front of you. And one of the things that it made me realize was, you know, when, when we're open and we're curious and we are passionate about the things that we find in, interesting in our life and, and then become important in our life, that it doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter where we are in our journey as far as education or as far as career goes. Like we can do whatever we put our mind to. And you are like walking, living proof of this. And so what I would love for you to do today is to share your journey and what did that entail and where did all of that come from? Because <laughs> it was amazing to watch and to witness you over the years. Well, well, that's a, it's gonna it's, it's been a very interesting journey. You know, I'm only 24 now, so um, I feel like a lot has happened, but I think it really started when I was little. My mom is a psychologist. My dad is an entrepreneur, right? So I think that I had a perfect mix at home that allowed me to to really, you know, have the challenging portion, real life, where I worked every summer with my dad and, you know, did all the technology stuff and that interest. Um, he's also in the medical field, right? So I had that. And then I have my mom where it was more about, you know, be yourself, learn how to make decisions, supporting me on that day to day. And and really, you know, she never, every time I was like, oh, well, I'm interested in this career path. She was like, okay, let's go to NASA and go check it out. Let, let's go find some person that does this and talk to them. So I think that she never limited my creativity. Yeah. And then my dad would challenge me to act on my creativity. And then ah. that was that was the culture at home, right? Um, growing up, I, I was, you know, I grew up in Puerto Rico. And uh, when I was uh, in 10th grade, I just sat without my with sat with my parents and I was like, look, if I want to, I want to study medicine and to study medicine, I have to be in the U S mm-hmm. which is not true. But for me, it was, it was the, you know, defining factor of getting into med school. Right. Uh-huh. So it, it was so intense in my conviction of that's what I needed that my parents picked up everything and we moved to the U S and that's really where my journey started. Mm-hmm. Um, in Puerto Rico, I had skipped two grades already. Mm-hmm. So when I got here, I was 13 and I was in 10th grade. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then in 10th grade, I was, I was, I wanted to go fast. <laughs> I've always wanted to go fast. I always said that I wanted to have fun once I was 21, but I, I was already successful at 21. Right. So I had like this time frame of like, I need to be done with everything by 21. <laughs> so, um, so then I, I got into dual enrollment, um, which led to then going to USF St. Pete, right? So, uh, I was a junior, but I was 16. Mm-hmm. That means I had two That's years incredible. to do all the networking, right? I had two years to do all the networking, do all the professional experience. I had to do everything in two years. Mm-hmm. And that's when I ran, I was working at the career center at, at USF St. Pete. And that's basically where I saw the um, exploratory lab program. Uh, and I applied and I remember that I messaged you and uh, Pat and, and I had to go through like an interview because you were like, this is for juniors that are like a lot older than you. <laughs> so we need to go through like an interview to see if you're ready, you know, from a maturity and life perspective, right, for the program. So I remember that after that interview, um, pretty much, you know, I, we we validated that 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 I was ready. But it's been a it's been a learning curve, and I think that one of the success factors in in that interview, right, and and was that I, even though I was not 
100% sure, you know, of, of what I was doing, I pitched myself and I presented myself as if I was, right? Yes. Sometimes you have to take those risks and you have to really learn how to verbalize mm-hmm. what your identity and who you are and be self-aware of, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses, right? Like you, I was, I was maybe 80% ready for that program, 20%, maybe not. But I also shared that portion, right? And 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 being vulnerable and, and self-aware, I think it opens opportunities and it helps you, it helps position yourself at, at the right time with the right people, right? And it makes you self-aware as well. So that when opportunities open, you can take the right next step. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. And so you just you just said a lot there, but one of the big switches and changes you made was from med- um, the medicine path or medical path into business. What, what yeah. drove that? Like, what, how, did, how did that come about? So that started because when I was 14, uh, I was a junior. I got introduced into sales. I was like network marketing. And I became really, really passionate about sales and building teams. Mm-hmm. So I would go to school and then I would be till midnight doing presentations and creating content and doing trainings for my team and pitching and going even to the mall and recruiting. So I, it became a lifestyle where I went to, you know, Tony Robbins, Robbins conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 14, 15 years wow. old, right. Walking on fire. <laughs> so wow. those, those were some defining moments there. Um, but then I had, I have a friend and we were really building the business together. And he's like, Melody, I think you need to do a pros and cons of why you want to study medicine. Because I had my idea was I'm going to do this sales thing so that I can make money and then pay for my medical career. Mm-hmm. But I was so passionate about the people and the business aspect and the independence that that gave me. I mean, um, that I opened up Colombia and Puerto Rico for the company. Right? Like wow. I was in all of these global calls and, and wow. I was the youngest person. So um, he was like, I think we need to sit down and do a pros and cons list. And then it went, and there was nothing pro about in my life that it was like, oh, I want to study medicine. Mm-hmm. So it was a tough conversation with my parents. Um, but, and I was, cause I was already admitted into a medical program. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a tough conversation, but I think that they also, they saw how, how and why. I wanted to pursue entrepreneurship instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I told them, I was like, I'll just make it work because that's mm-hmm. something that I'm going to enjoy and I don't want to fit in a box, right? Mm-hmm. You, you never want a business that depends 100% on you. You want it to be something that um, allows you and gives you, you know, the purpose and the lifestyle to, um, to continue living your life. Yeah. So, so it was a tough conversation and switch, but I think that, you know, because I knew why, it was easy to communicate um, and and just get the support. Yeah. And it was amazing too that, you know, you had like no fear going and tackling that even when you, you know, were still in school, really, you know, working for that um, company, for that startup and trying to help them. And, um, you know, I, I think you were um, creating a lot of their marketing content and their training content for, you know, for their teams and not afraid to put yourself out there, not afraid to bring your ideas to the table. Yeah. So and, young and still, you know, it's yeah. amazing. And, and to be honest, I feel like those experiences, working at the career center, working at that startup, working in sales, probably taught me more than, you know, my bachelor's and my two master's, mm-hmm. right? 
I think that when I was working in those um, in those startups and in that environment, I would I had less limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I took yes. less caution. I think that now that I have this much background about data and, and, and management and project planning and all that stuff, you tend to overthink things. Mm-hmm. Before, I would just do them. Yeah. Now I'm like, well, the, I need to create the plan. Then I need to do this. Then I need... <laughs> And sometimes you just get stuck in the planning mode mm-hmm. instead of actually just executing because you know no better. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's having that mix, right? I think that the education opened a lot of doors for me, right? Yeah. And, and it has... Um, allow me to manage risk better, but mm-hmm. also taking those risks and just saying, "Hey, I'm no expert in this, but I will make it work and I will figure it out." And and you know, having that confidence mm-hmm. um, was a key portion, real key part of my life. And um, you know, what a lot of the things that I do apply in my day to day role now at, at TD Cenex. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I remember when. Um... Um, Marin Imper- Imperial um, hired you yeah. <laughs> as an intern at Sharp. Yeah. Oh my God. She like reached out to me. She goes, I am so excited. I I have Melody working with me um, and she's going to be amazing, you know? And I think you did that role for like a year, right? You worked, yeah. with, worked for her. Yeah. Yeah. How was, was that as far as your like evolution and experience and solidifying that business and tech were where you were really, you know, finding your passion? Yeah, I think it allowed me to get a more corporate perspective. I feel mm-hmm. like I had um, I had a different perception of what corporate was. I was I was so into entrepreneurship yeah. that I, I saw corporate as like the worst thing and most uncreative <laughs> you know thing that could exist, right? And then when I when I got into Sharp and I and I started you know uh, getting involved, I realized there was a lot more creativity. Mm-hmm. than I expected, right? I got mm-hmm. to create a lot of the marketing events. I got to create a lot of the content for the salespeople. Um, I got to travel. Um, and I also got to be myself, right? Mm-hmm. I saw how Marin was herself, how I could be myself. It yeah. wasn't something that you didn't build relationships, that you were just stuck in a computer, right? Um, obviously, it depends on the role. But mm-hmm. I think that if you go in with the mindset of, I know my strengths, I know my value, I know how I think and I can communicate that. Yeah. Then you know, people and, and corporate adjust to that because what matters is what you produce. Right? Yes. Like I knew, for example, that I needed flexibility in terms of where I was working from. If I would mm. go if I had to do a creative project, I couldn't be at the office. Like mm-hmm. and I had to communicate that to my manager because maybe if I was I forced myself to do that brainstorming at the office. I wasn't going to be successful and I wasn't going to produce the right results. Mm -hmm. But then because I was communicating, I was like, Hey, I honestly can, I, I think that what works best for me is coming two max three times a week to the office because I need my space of being able to think and create from, you know, some other country, some other, um, you know, Lake somewhere else that allows me to um, just not be forced. I mean, usually in school, I would have to tell my teachers, I need to sit in the floor. I can't mm. be sitting in this desk like this. I will focus on what you're saying, 
because I'm sitting in this desk and I feel trapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and there was a lot of proving of like, okay, well, if you if you do well on the first test, I'll let you be. But if you mm-hmm. fail the first test, then you have to go find my rules, right? <laughs> so there was a lot of that communication, a lot with my leaders, with my teachers, um, because I, I know that I'm not necessarily, I'm not really good at following the rules in the box. Mm-hmm. I always want to challenge that mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, if I'm producing what I need to produce, why do mm-hmm. I need to do it following the rules? Yeah. <laughs> so, or your rules. <laughs> yeah. Well, like your rules, which are not, you know, it's not compliance rules, right? right? It's just <laughs> sitting in a chair or sitting in the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I love that. And then, <laughs> and then as you, so as you made your decision, cause you mentioned your two master's degrees, which by the way, I think you, you finished the second one before you turned 21, which yes. is just incredible. I remember <laughs> that. Um, how did your journey then shift into um, deciding to do your master's degrees and where you ended up going, which is exciting. So I actually, when I finished my entrepreneurship degree, I had the option of starting the business that I'm starting now with my dad or continuing to do a grad, grad program. Um, and I was stuck between that decision. And I graduated December and three weeks later, I was already living in Spain. Uh, so it was a very short decision period. But um, I, I, the main thing I wanted to do was I felt like if I went straight into business, I wasn't going to be able to go back and, mm-hmm. and live that experience of grad mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. Um, and live in a different country as a student, which is a lot easier to get visas, et cetera. So I told my dad, I was like, look, I, I know I can start a business at any moment in my life. Mm-hmm. But in terms of grad school, I feel like I need more time as a college student because I did it in two years. <laughs> so yeah. I found, but I didn't want to be four years studying or stuff like that. So I found this program at IE Business School where it was a dual master's where mm-hmm. I could get two master's degree in 17 months. Mm-hmm. So, um, and therefore I knew that how I, what I wanted to study, I didn't want it to be like a box either. I wanted to have the right foundation to go mm-hmm. into any industry. So um, that's why I was, I, I decided to go into big data and analytics because I was like, that applies to everything, mm-hmm. right? And I love technology. Yep. I've always been curious. It's the future. I need to be able to understand it. I never vis- envisioned myself programming or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I wanted to be that translator, right? Mm-hmm. Of, hey, I can I understand the code. I can tell you what's needed from an architecture, from a data perspective, and then, um, you know, have a team to actually go and execute the projects. And then management, I was like, I need more training in terms of people and managing teams and the financial piece. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I combine the, the creative, the technology and then the management, I felt like I, I was going to have the right foundation mm-hmm. to go and pursue opportunities or build my own you know, company, etc. Now, when I finished grad school, <laughs> two years in Spain, um, it, there was a problem. I was 20. I had three degrees uh, and I didn't fit in any box. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, there, that was a crisis, honestly, that, that was, I, I, that was a lot of self reflection. You can say, I mean, it was, it was super frustrating because there was a lot of roles that I knew I could do, but I wasn't going to be happy. Mm. Um, and then you came as my shining armor, <laughs> <laughs> um, because it, it was something that I had to sit down and actually 
create my purpose. And I was like, okay, what's going to make me happy? And I actually, I have it here written in my, in my board still, the, the, mm-hmm. the purpose statement that I wrote back in 2018, when I, when I graduated my, I finished my grad school, I still have it here. And it's give people the confidence and tools to make decisions that lead to more wealth, happiness, and impact. Ooh, that's beautiful. <laughs> so th- that was a statement. It wasn't a overnight thing. It, yeah. it, it required me to think, okay, what makes me happy? What yeah. would I do even if I'm not paid to do it, right? Mm-hmm. What is it that motivates me? What is, who do I want to surround myself with? Mm-hmm. What, what pushes me to make? So it, I, I was basically going through this um, self, you know, that's, I don't know how to say it, but it's like basically analyzing myself to get yeah. to the so that then in my resume, I just put that statement. Like, mm-hmm. read what you want, interpret what you want, but this is what I'm meant to do, mm-hmm. and things will align. Yes. And when I went into interviews and I, and I was submitting my resume, I would always just communicate my purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? I would communicate my purpose and communicate my purpose because eventually it would resonate with someone, and then they would be able to create you know, a position or create some sort of um, opportunity for me to be able to yes. um, actually live and work but fulfilling my purpose mm-hmm. yeah and now I now I didn't know that part and now I'm realizing wow how powerful that was in connecting <laughs> you with Dina Pacone right yeah yeah, yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> so talk to us about kind of your journey then after school um and and also you know like you've had some shifts in identity a little bit so maybe share a bit about your journey around you know, identity and just, you know, what, what is your process for, you know, obviously aligning to your purpose is super important. What else did that bring with it for this new kind of shift that you've made? So I think that what has allowed me to continue being happy in, in the corporate life or in an environment is that I've, it's, it's always been something different. Um, I, I switched from always being the young person that was, that was, um, you know, wow, you have so many schooling by when you're 20. Now I'm 24. It doesn't matter that I have three degrees, right? Like, so, <laughs> so now you have to switch your pitch. You have to, you have to gain your credibility in a different manner, right? Because yeah. now I can't just be pitched at this prodigy or, or something, you know, there's, they're, they're always going to make it sound prettier. Right. But yeah, you have to change. I'm like, okay, well, what am I what am I good at? Like, besides me finishing school fast, I need to show results. I need to have an impact in the organization. I need to be able to actually execute on projects and lead Mm -hmm. teams and coach and mentor because Mm -hmm. there's no test, right? Mm -hmm. There's no timeline for that. There's just, you just have to be present and make yourself known and keep putting yourself out there. So every time there's a panel or the company or there's a podcast or anything I put on myself out there I might not be the best I don't have a lot of experience but until you do it you don't know that if you're good at it right or that if you have discovered a specific passion yes um so that shift to I from identity to just being school smart to being a person (laughs) (laughs) a leader and then someone that can think innovatively and execute I think that has been a, a a great shift Mm-hmm. And um, also from when at TD Cynics, I was doing Latin America, right? And I was then focused on Latin America. And after Latin America, 
I got the opportunity to, they, to and I started communicating, hey, I want a bigger challenge. I want a bigger challenge. And then uh, an opportunity opened up in the Americas. Mm-hmm. And then I started, I want a bigger challenge. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm managing um, innovation for the global services division. Nice. Uh, but every single day is different, right? Yeah. So my identity every day changes, right? Not who I am, but I tap into different gifts or into different talents depending on which project I'm working on. Because mm-hmm. in some projects, I might just be a creative consultant. In some other projects, I'm hands down project managing, right? Mm-hmm. In some other projects, I'm testing, right, mm-hmm. in the system. So mm-hmm. I think that the roles that I've been put on, and thank you, thanks to my the amazing mentorship and leadership that I've had, because honestly, I've had amazing leadership and mentors across my life that have just trusted me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can, every, every single project is different. And I can... In, I enjoy having the multiple, the multiple identities, right? Um, <laughs> because it just keeps me entertained. And I think I watched a TED talk. Um, I don't remember. I don't know if you've seen it, like the multi-potentialite. It, no. it basically explains how it's okay to have multiple talents and interests. You're not meant to be in a box, right? Like it's okay if you want to be a multi-potentialite, you have multiple potentials, you have multiple mm-hmm. interests, right? You, yes. can, you can go in and be super, that's why you have doctors in, in, that are also triathletes, right? And yeah. that also are great fan people and like to play golf. Like it's, it's really, it's okay to not define yourself in a box. You don't have to say, mm-hmm. I'm just an accountant. I am mm-hmm. just a, a coach, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to be everything. Mm-hmm. because that combination of everything will make you mm-hmm. right and I saw I think I saw that TED talk when I was probably like 18 19 mm-hmm. and it it also did inspire me and it did it influence how I saw myself because mm-hmm. I didn't see myself as an outcast I didn't mm-hmm. see myself as, as a as something that I was like oh wow like why don't I fit in a box mm-hmm. no I saw myself I was like wow I can fit in a lot of boxes. Let's just combine all these boxes and make a little environment for myself, right? (laughs) And then it just, it allowed me to be comfortable in the uncertainty of Mm -hmm. just, no, I I don't, I don't have to pitch myself by my three degrees. I pitch myself by my purpose and then let, let, let things align. Yeah. And I think um, you just mentioned a key word that there's so much shifting for everyone and so when we think about how do we build resilience, how do we, you know, increase our skills, build our skills for the new world, which is, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of moving from this very predictable, very certain, very um, old processes worked in a very certain way. And it's worked for us for decades to, uh-oh, <laughs> very uncertain world, very unpredictable. And I mean, the world of business, the world of connecting with customers, how our business models are working, all of those pieces on top of the world itself. But it's really interesting because um, I think when you have developed and unlocked that skill of being able to sit in that uncertainty and to be okay with it and to be curious, then um, that is what's going to develop the next level that we haven't even envisioned yet of, mm-hmm. of the way we're living, of how we're doing business, of how we're managing teams of structures and companies, of all of those things, which is yeah. really amazing. And that's where I like to live. I like that uncertainty because I feel like 
the way the way my brain works is I, I feel like everything connects, right? You tell me an idea, and the first thing I do is step one to seven, right? Like, mm-hmm. what is the next steps? How do how do we go and plan out and actually make that happen? I I really don't think anything is impossible. Like, it mm-hmm. I have that mindset where it really I get mad when someone tells me that something's not possible. Like, I, I'm yeah. like, it is possible. Everything is possible. It might there might be a you know pre uh a criteria right it might, there might be a prerequisite to it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there might be some time that we need to wait but if you know you're going to end up there yeah. then start aligning things you have yes. to become you have to become the person that is capable of doing that end goal before yes. you get to the end goal because if not you're not even going to realize that you are at the end goal right, right. <laughs> so you have you have to really um prepare yourself and understand that this is where I want to be. This is who I am now. This is who I have to become so that I can actually live and succeed at that end goal. Um, and everything is possible. Literally everything yes. is possible. So. Yes. So when I was writing um, my book, um, Love Your Gifts, one of the gifts and archetypes is the edge walker. Now mm-hmm. you have many of these gifts, many, many, many of these gifts already unlocked, unleashed. But the edge walker is the one that I just, I, in and, and working with you at Tech Data and working with you in X Labs, I could see, and you just explained some of kind of your process for creating and for um, developing. But it's interesting because the edge walker is a really, is a really, I think right now, one of one of the most important gifts because the edge walker kind of sits along that line between the future and the current state. And so you're able to communicate to people in a way that they can understand because it's the current state, it's the current process, you have a deep understanding of what's going on in the business today, but you have this vision that you're trying to bridge them to, and you're trying to get them to see how can we make that connection? And that vision is something that hasn't been thought of, you know, yet. It hasn't got, we haven't gotten there. We haven't gotten that creation yet. So a lot of times the old way was just, oh, it's too early. Oh, I don't understand it. Oh, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And the Edgewalker gifts and one of the gifts you have is being able to bridge, here's how we get there. Because that's the, that's the, the I say, I would say the golden nugget of that gift and helping to move from, old ways of doing things to new ways of doing things and new processes, new opportunities, new business models, new everything is that bridge and being able to fill in that gap of here's how we get there in a way that they understand it. And so I just, I I just have been um, so excited to have you on because I'm like, (laughs) she is a total edge walker, (laughs) edge walker on top of all your other guests. Very good at storytelling. I've seen you as the logician, like amazingly as a logician, um, bring in proposals and plans and, and, you know, um, from a, a perspective of, market opportunity data from the um, result or outcome or, or issue or problem that you're trying to solve and the solution in between and how that bring creatively brings together everything. I've seen you do that in such a beautiful way as well. And then the networker, the networker, you have that uh, amazing um, ability. And then the seeker, because you're very, um, your integrity is so high in business and life. And you definitely um, have a way of really getting to truth without um, making people feel bad that they're not there. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, you have to leave with the truth. It doesn't matter how, how, you know, how hurtful or how 
you have to lead with the truth. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> awesome. Okay, so why don't you give us some um, some talks about your your new business? Like, give us some um, insight into how did this come about? It got paused for a while. You're on this journey again. You're working with your dad. Um, you know, very exciting. You've now learned and gotten a lot more experience around running a business, launching all of these other skills and pieces. Like, what is that like for you? What's going on with you with that? <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely been a journey. Um, I, I started in 2020, right, with just the concept and, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, aligning, right, the, the supply chain, the, um, the resources, right, the product, what's that competitive difference, right, in the market, Um and now I think it's the right time. I actually, I took the course, right? Uh, and I was like, you know what? I, I think I need to, I want to find my, that why, right? Like, why do I want this, right? Because it's not really an industry that I, you know, I, I'm naturally involved in, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I started saying, I was like, why is this important to me? And, um, well, the main thing was I want to be able to give back. I want to ha- allow people to um, have a better quality of life. And and that has basically, we, I, the, the company's called Steps Direct. We mm-hmm. have digitized the whole process of getting customized insoles. Mm-hmm. So now people have access to um, cheap, not cheap, but it's basically cheaper, uh, better quality uh, orthotics that can improve their quality of life, that can enhance their performance, uh, yet not, not have to leave their home. So we digitize the whole process with just three pictures. They can um, submit it through our website, stepsdirect.com, and then order their customized insoles, and they'll get shipped directly to their home anywhere in the world. Wow, that is incredible. Oh my gosh. And because it's an online business, like that whole how do you get the word out there? How do you um, you know, how, how do you make it simple process-wise for people to not get overwhelmed or to not get intimidated or not just to say, "Oh, I'm not a computer savvy person, so I can't do that." Like what is your what has been the the process and the approach for solving for um making it easy? and not intimidating for people to use your product? So the main thing has been um, just the, the iterations, right? Just mm. iterations of trying to get it right. There's, yeah. there's, We can do it the traditional way of getting orthotics. We can ship someone a box. We can have them do the, uh, the impression. They can ship it back to us. But that's not the future, right? That's mm. not the future. And that's not the, where the technology is taking us. With a picture in the right dimensions, we can get um, the we can create a 3D model of someone's feet mm-hmm. and just do it digitally. So why would we go through the it through the problems, right, mm-hmm. or through the process of having the the customer go and ship things to us and us to ship things to them if we can use technology to our advantage? Now that might take us more time to actually set up and launch the business because again, if we wanted to do the business, we could have just launched it the traditional way. But mm-hmm. if we wanted to do it, we wanted to, that was our differentiating factor. 
every competitor out there uses the traditional shipping, whereas mm -hmm. we are now leveraging technology um, and actually getting the platform to accept those attachments at checkout and the quality and recording the instruction videos. That has been a journey and um, doing everything from start to finish, including the legal portion, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the operational, the, the technology, the account, that has been a learning curve. I've always been the person to pitch the idea and to pitch the concept, but to actually have to implement it, that has been a huge learning curve. And, um, you know, it's been rewarding and I'm excited for, for what's coming. Yeah. And so when do you guys officially launch then? So now on March 1st, it will be officially open for pre-orders. And then okay. uh, April, we are going to be open for business. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, I will definitely put the website in the show notes with just a little bit of description for a reminder for people. So then go check it out. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, feet are important. We walk on them all day long. Um, you know, as we get older, we have lots of issues. So I stopped wearing high heels, like, I don't know, probably like eight years ago, seven years ago. And um, that was because my husband was like, uh, yeah, you're going to have really bad feet when you, if you keep wearing these types of shoes. And I never really realized it was always about, well, I'm going to do what I see other people doing and I'm going to wear because I think it looks nice. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, I don't want sore feet, you know, when I'm 60 years old or, or 70 years old. And so I think that the, as people are like talking about their own wellness and their well-being, like, don't forget the feet, right? <laughs> Maybe that could be a slogan you guys yeah, use. Yeah, don't and, forget and, your feet. <laughs> and the thing is, it's, you know, it impacts your posture. It impacts yes. just your quality of life altogether. I mean, you don't have to be an athlete. You can work at a warehouse. You can be a nurse, Right. Really, the your posture, your all the energy, all the back pain, knee pain, all of that can be prevented with a simple device that is customized to your needs. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we have um, a section that you can make other suggestions if you like. If you have any books that you would recommend or. Um, any tips or anything um, from a nonprofit perspective or a product perspective, anything else that you would like to recommend to the listeners? Um, I think that in terms of, of um, books, uh, I think that the, the one thing I would recommend is definitely that TED Talk for Multipotentialite. I love yes, it. I recommend it to everybody. Uh, uh, in uh, the book... I'm not a big reader. I like more audiobooks, um, mm -hmm. but I like the. I read a book about habits, and okay. I think that uh, that is um, the power of habits. It's called. Mm. Okay, I don't remember the author. Sorry, That's I'll, okay. I'll, I can, I'll include I'll look it, up. but <laughs> but the power of habits. Uh, I think it, it was defining because it it really shows how your day to day makes up the bigger picture. Right. You mm. it, it's, it's all about what you do on a daily basis. If I yeah. want to be a fit mom right from here, five years, I need to start waking up at five in the morning to go to the gym because that's a habit that I'm going to have. Doesn't matter how busy my life is going to get. Mm. Right. And then same thing with um, eating healthy. Right. I've learned and enjoyed to just find replacements. Right. Find mm. different ways to make really good tasting food but that's also healthy because that also if I want to have healthy babies I need to also have 
healthy mm-hmm. habits and learn how to cook healthy things that I can feed my baby. So I think that the habits, it's, it's a very powerful um, thing. And it, uh, that would definitely be my recommendation. Read a book about habits <laughs> and mm. then, um, take a lot, take as many self-assessments as you can, okay, that, yes. that's, including right. The one in your book, um, there's a lot of just free ones out there, but when I compare myself and my journey with a lot of my friends and people, my age, uh, I think that has been a very differentiating factor right? Because mm-hmm. you have to know how to explain who you are and, and how you communicate and mm-hmm. how, just how you interact and, and live, right? And a lot of these assessments, they might not be, you know, 100% accurate, right? But they will teach you how to verbalize mm-hmm. who you are, your strengths, your direction, and they can definitely mm-hmm. start and support your journey, of mm-hmm. being more self-aware and um, actually living up to your purpose. Mm, beautiful. I love it. That's <laughs> oh, so awesome. Melody, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and good luck with the launch of the business. I'm so excited. You'll have to keep me posted for sure. And I will definitely include um, the website in the show notes, but I just really appreciate you. Um, have always just um, found you to be so inspirational and such a shining light in the world and uh, cannot wait to see uh, what else you bring to this world because you are just, you've got, you've got it. You've got it. <laughs> well, it really, you. <laughs> I really appreciate the opportunity and thank you for always being a, a great mentor, coach, leader, um, and always an inspiration. Oh, thanks, Melody. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs>